Retro Rebel is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released Fridays, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast. My name is Stacy, and with me, as always, is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Hello. Welcome to December 42nd, 2020. Yeah, Exactly. So how are how are things? So you have so a lot. We haven't been on in a while. It's it's been about a month. We uh, took a little bit of a break for the Christmas holidays and stuff, and then uh, you contracted the uh, the the COVID. I got the vids. You did. <laughs> uh, and it uh, it zapped my motivation to live for a while. <laughs> I didn't feel like doing anything. I slept. Oh man! All of the time. And, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't leave the flat I was staying in at all. I was in quarantine. So it was, uh, there was lots of dog walks involved. I, I happened to be with my partner and we caught it at the same time, which oh, I, no. is a mixed blessing. <laughs> so we were just right, right. both sick and miserable, but together. And that's lovely, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, um. I'm sure he is happy to have his own space back, at least for a bit, because <laughs> it's quite a right. lot of time spent together. But it did give me a lot of time to play some games, and I played a lot nice. of games. Nice. Nice. Well, that'll be good. We'll have to catch up on that. And uh, as, a, as an aside to that, that is one way to really get to know each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, I don't know that there's... <laughs> if you didn't like me at my COVID, you deserve me at my best. <laughs> yeah um, that's true well uh so lots of time to play games what have you been playing uh i have been playing well i went through my game catalog just through all the game pass games that i downloaded um to run through titles that looked interesting but were not like first draft picks so i played a game called control which is very highly rated but it was quite weird for me it was quite a surreal premise and it's a bit of a horror game which is fine but I didn't I wasn't very interested in the premise itself so that only lasted maybe 30 minutes of in-game time and I was like this is too really? weird yeah it's not really for me have you played it before I, a little bit it's a game that I had looked forward to it was on uh, the PlayStation now uh, you know because it's still a it was a full price game I don't know if it still is uh, but um, it was the last time I looked, and I was like, well, I, it's over a year old. I wasn't really willing to pay full price for it right now. Uh, I wanted to play it on one of the the other, and I did get to play it for one day on PlayStation Now before they pulled it. So um, oh, wow. I played it for a little less than an hour. I liked it, and the premise and what I've heard from it, it's right up my alley. So um, I look forward to giving it a little bit more time. Right, okay. Well, for me, it was too weird. I really couldn't, I don't know, deal with the concept. It was too far-fetched that I couldn't believe that it was ever possible. That's probably like, I couldn't suspend my disbelief. It was too disbelievy. you know what I mean? <laughs> what? I, I know, I know. It was just Throw too you weird. you in the brig. <laughs> I know, I'm a critic. I'm a terrible critic. Um, but, so that got deleted. And then I played about 50% of a game called Thronebreaker, which is a Witcher spin-off Gwent exploration game. Very weird game, super weird concept. Um, basically, you have a main character and you're going around in a map and then you run into encounters and those encounters are solved by Hands of Gwent. <laughs> Okay. So there's like a story, there's like a, a main plot that's happening as you explore the map and things like that. And then you'll run into encounters with monsters or other humans. And then it'll be 
some variation of a hand or an entire round or three of Gwent. And it was an interesting enough game to be compelling for about maybe six hours of playtime. And then I glitched behind two NPCs and I couldn't, my character couldn't move around the map anymore. I was stuck and I had just been using the autosave. So I had no real way to go back and I didn't want to start <laughs> over. So right. I was like, well, that's enough for me then. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a, the college try. Yeah, I, best efforts, but it was it was not necessary, I felt, to start over from the beginning. But it was a fun little game for, you know, a few hours of diversion. It, it's free on Game Pass. If you like that sort of thing, try it. Same thing with Control. If you like sort of surreal horror games, you know, you can try it. There is ways to make Control easy. You can sh set it to one-shot kill and stuff. So you can have it be about the story if that's what you like, which I kind of thought was cool and I was quite into that. I just didn't, the story didn't jive with me, but it doesn't make it a bad game. Like, it gets weirder, too, from what I understand. <laughs> yeah, it, wasn't, so. it was not for me. Um, and then, of course, I completed Cyberpunk 2077, and I completed every side quest that didn't have to do with car racing or brawling. Every other All side right. quest I did. Um, uh, and, I mean, a proper side quest, not uh, the little police scanner things or whatever like right, you know proper right. side quest and then of course the main story which i'm assuming you also want to talk about so maybe we can catch up a little bit I, I i haven't finished it and so i'm i'm not uh i'm not where you are i would like to at least get your non-spoilery impression you finished it you did a lot so i'm, I'm guessing you liked it <laughs> here's the thing I enjoyed playing the missions. I thought they were fun. I enjoyed how quickly I became comfortable with the interface so and fast travel. So then I was sort of jumping in and out of missions very, very quickly. I could complete a mission in three minutes, jump to the next one. Do you know? Like right. I started to get really quick at it. Um, I got the Mantis Blade arm inserts. So even missions where you get captured and disarmed, I still had a weapon, which I think made it that much easier, um, right. which is why I really recommend Mantis Blades for anybody, you know, just full stop. <laughs> it's always good to always have a weapon. There are a couple side quests where you get disarmed and it doesn't affect your Mantis Blade inserts naturally, because that would be weird if they ripped out your inserts. <laughs> so right. true. Um, so I did like that part. However, when I completed the main storyline, I was so upset by the ending and how, in my opinion, lazy and rushed it was that I requested a refund on the basis that it's unfinished. Really? Yeah, because there's no way you go through the amount of missions that you go through, the amount of absolute tedium to unlock every available choice. Yeah. And then the right. choice that I made was apparently the worst one I could have possibly made. I, I ended up with the worst ending possible. Really? Um, yeah, in terms of how like brief it is, a very, very brief ending. Do you know, like yeah. just all of a sudden and we're done. And yeah. I don't know, that really infuriated me. It's the only time I have ever requested a refund of any game ever in right. the whole time I've been playing games. I didn't request a refund from Mass Effect Andromeda, and that game was arguably worse in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> so, I don't, and um, what was the other one? Uh, and Fallout 76 I thought was fine you know although i didn't pay full price right. for it but this was a game i bought full price week of release yada 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 i i beat it way faster than i ever thought possible i think i only put i want to say 18 hours into it and oh, wow. i was already 95 percent complete and i was like uh-oh do you know like, uh-oh, right. like it's real short. And then um, I got the message that I was on the main quest and my next actions were like irreversible. And I thought it would be like The Witcher where once you do that, it's actually quite a long ending sequence. 
Do you know? Like, it, there's yeah. a lot of time where you're trying. No, it's very quick. Um, it's wow. very quick. It's over really quick. Um, and the ending that I got was deeply unsatisfying. Um, and there, I went and looked at the other endings that were possible. And I think there's only one ending that I would have actually been satisfied with. And there's right. no way that I would have made the choice to go that route anyway. Just like naturally, really? you know, it wouldn't have occurred to me yeah. that even though the ending turned out, quote unquote, better, I don't right. think that I would have done that because that's not how I was playing my character. You know, I was playing melee, just balls to the wall, zero stealth, who cares, like just burn it to the ground. So, um, yeah, I was very upset. Thankfully, I was able to get a refund. That wasn't a problem. So that was lovely. Uh, I was very pleased with that. I obviously don't recommend that anybody just play a game and then request a refund but this was one of those rare examples that after i beat the game i was fuming for hours do you know like wow. i was actually really quite disappointed in the ending yeah. so i'll be interested to see once you actually get to the ending um and you can um this isn't really a spoiler once you finish the game you can reload it'll let you go back right to that pre-point and you get some right. extra stuff and you can continue doing side quests that's not a spoiler so if you are close to finishing the main storyline i would recommend just finishing it because you can right. go back through and do side quests and things like that later if you want to um, and you'll have more stuff. Uh, it'll make that easier in some ways. Um, but I'd be interested to see what you have to say, depending what ending you get. And once you've finished it, then we can talk about the endings that I, the ending that I got versus the ending I would have preferred. <laughs> right. <laughs> Knowing what the the options are now. Well, and I'm doing the Nomad, so I wonder how much different that storyline. I know that they, they crisscross. There's a Venn diagram of it all. So, um, But, I, yeah, I wonder where my story would take me differently, and that would be a cool spoilery episode because I'll never go back and play Corpo. I don't want to. Yeah, it's just Corpo not what appeals to me. was very also disappointing as an origin story. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Really? Yeah. Well, like. I want you to tell me why. <laughs> what is it about it? Like, at least uh, the the initial, like, what was it about the story, if you can say without too much, too many spoilers, what was it about the origin story that you didn't like? Um, so later on in the game, when you meet other factions, people that come from Nomad and people that are part of, like, the original Resistance scene and stuff, there is no reason for them to like you at all. No. You the know? whole game is built around hating you. Exactly. They should 100% hate you. And when you use your dialogue options, your corpo dialogue options, to me, it really started to not make sense at a certain point. Because you're someone that all these other sort of pivotal NPCs would naturally hate. You've right. turned your back on corpos to a certain extent, but then in the middle of missions and critical dialogue choices, you espouse corporate knowledge. They, I don't think they would appreciate that, and it started to really get on my nerves. I did it enough times in order to get the achievement for it, because there's an achievement for choosing your story-driven dialogue options, I think, ten times or more. Right. Um, so I did it enough to get the achievement, but at a certain point, I stopped doing it. Because yeah. it didn't make any sense. If if you, so without spoilers, you start out in a corporation, things right. happen, you are no longer in that corporation, you've fallen out of grace, but then you totally turn your back on it, abandon it, and it seems like quite pointless that it was ever part of your life to begin with. And yet right. when you're doing missions with characters that would really hate to remember you came from that background, you're like, well, you know, uh, ruthless, blah, blah, blah. That's what we do in the corporate world. And you're like, what? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And I did play that out through to its complete conclusion. So I continued right. to make corpo choices, even though I started to hate them. I just really wanted to see if, there was any redeeming value to that story arc, and I no, 
I dis I disagree that there's redeeming value to that story arc. Uh, <laughs> it it seemed like the least thought out. In my opinion, looking back, and I didn't I I obviously haven't played the other ones, but I believe that Street Kid would probably have been the most thought out. Um, right. Out of all of them, from sort of how all of the missions utilize your skills and abilities. I think Street Kid probably would have ended up being the It's best probably one. the easiest to integrate. It's you're the rebel, you're the antithesis to Corpo, you know. Um and Corpo is built up as the villain. I think Nomad for me, uh, you know, and again without going into a whole lot, I mean stuff that you've seen from the demo, you've seen from the beginning. You start outside of Night City and and um the you know, and as you've gotten through the story, you know, the nomads are groups outside of town. You know, and each nomad clan is its own clan, and they're they're self reliant. They're kind of like uh, gang is too simplified. It's not what they are. They're families. It's like a they're family. like a biker family. A biker family, yeah. And so, and and but to go outside of that family is like a huge no no. So, uh, to leave your family or to go outside your family is a huge no no. And so then, I I haven't played the street kid uh, version or the you know I haven't played the the street urchin but uh the the nomad i feel like once you get into the city it's got to be similar because that's essentially what i was doing you're with a, another nomad but you're doing all of these missions as kind of like a a henchman for all these other you know low-end crime bosses so anyway yeah it was it was interesting i i i have, again i have enjoyed it but i'll tell you this like i said from the, the beginning the most adult game I've ever played. Oh, 100%. Sometimes, like, quite, like, too much. However, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> and, and a... for me to say it, I'm no prude. No, I, but me neither. As I said, I was like, some things were like, ah. <laughs> there are some things, That's... though, that are so funny, I'm never going to forget them. Like, have you met River Ward yet? Uh, I know I haven't. You've not. Well, when you meet him, and this isn't a big spoiler, uh, you may have the option to go into a sex shop to talk to someone. Yeah. Right. And please look around there because there is like an entire Star Trek themed display and a dildo called Captain Prickhard. And I'm sorry, but that's the hilarious thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I laughed about it for a solid 20 minutes. I told my partner about it. Like it was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. That's quite clever. Uh, you know, I enjoyed that quite a bit. So uh, I definitely recommend. If you have, once you reach that part where you meet River Ward or whatever, you get the option to talk to somebody, you know, please take that option and have a look around before you proceed because it is quite funny in that section. Well, it's been the hardest part about that game is I can't play it around my kids. It's like, I'm not playing this while y'all are, if y'all are in earshot, I can't play this. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's, if, if it ain't what's on the screen, it's what they're saying is, is, uh. You know, so it's super adult. But let me tell you, I explored all the romance options available to me. And yeah. I was also super disappointed because after that, you get a nice cutscene. That's basically it. Yeah. Do you know? And it felt very much like Mass Effect one. Do That's you know? what I was going to say. Was it like that? Because I feel like that had a little bit more to do with the limitations of the technology. Like you, you. And and probably because that was like a C story to the fo to the real story and the side stories that was kind of like the that was an option tacked on probably not fully fleshed out and thought of because I don't know that outside of Kotor that it really had been a thing Kotor and Dragon Age I guess were kind of two of the first games and game series that that gave you that kind of interactive romance options. Even I, Dragon I Age be did this better. I was very disappointed in that. Right. Like, okay. the well, cutscenes are great. They're lovely, yeah. But the fact that you get dropped like it's hot so quick, like, there there really is nothing in terms of content after that point. It's really weird. Hmm. Well, um, it's... I know they're going to continue to patch that game. It's it's It will be the controversy... That keeps on giving, apparently. So, <laughs> well, I've uh, refunded it, so I can't play it anymore. But that's okay, and I'm not even mad. <laughs> well, 
uh, that was a lot. See, I, and and for me, I played it a little bit. I haven't I haven't been able to play it for a few weeks. I played a little bit of Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, I've almost finished that, and I, I really like it. But I did get very frustrated with it. It's got it's very buggy on the PlayStation. Um, it has I don't think it's been patched in a while, and there's a lot of there are a lot of little uh, clipping bugs and and um, and and it could be too, and, and it could be the the fault. My controllers are old. Like I've got like maybe a second generation PS4, and my controllers are old, and so maybe the Bluetooth connection or the wireless connection is not as great. So it wouldn't be real responsive to some of my controls, and that may be the issue. I'm giving it maybe a partial benefit of the doubt, but there were some times uh, in playing that that it reminded me of the frustration. You hit a button, it's just not responsive. Uh, and that's really, especially when parrying is such a big part of that game. If you push a button and it's not responding, well, you know, that's, it makes combat extremely frustrating. And then the fact that you, you know, you're, there's so much of it is, uh, like Tomb Raider style jumping over, parkouring around things. If you don't hit a button at the right time, you, you miss the vine or you don't jump off the wall or whatever. Um, yeah, that makes for a lot of repeat performances and some frustration. So, um, and then lastly, the what I, I've been playing uh, Warcraft. I did cancel my subscription, but the problem is, is I I get six month subscriptions, so <laughs> it's already been paid. Uh, I didn't make the decision to cancel it until after I had already uh, paid for the month, and I was like, well, I meant to do that. Crap! Now it's already charged me seventy bucks. So. But I, I canceled it because I just wasn't having as much fun with this expansion. Uh, it is, I, I've gotten back into it a little bit. I, I'm, I'm playing it. I don't think I've changed my mind. I, once my subscription runs out, I, I think I'll be done with it. I will have gotten everything I wanted from Warcraft, I think. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, uh, you know, we'll we'll have a post-mortem after End of an I, era. official. It is. That's 16 years of a game that uh, I've played. I played since vanilla, and I I never, it never lapsed more than a month uh, in terms of my subscription. So I pretty much I've I've contributed a considerable amount of dough to Blizzard's machine. So anywho, well uh, that brings us to our news. Uh, I do have a couple positive uh, news stories, and then you had some as well. So yeah, what, all what mine we got are good. for news? I think we need good news stories. Like, listen, 2021 is not turning out to be the year we thought it was going to be. Already <laughs> it seems a bit dicey, so let's focus on the positive. <laughs> That's right. Um, so the, my first news is that Cyberpunk is rumored to get a standalone multiplayer mode. Um, they've had some people who have gone into the code, and they have identified... Uh, two new modes so far, a heist and a deathmatch. The heist is what they're assuming is a cooperative PvE encounter. And the deathmatch is, of course, your last man standing sort of uh, PvP situation. Unclear if it's teams or like 1v1, but um, it is interesting. There is going to be multiplayer elements added into Cyberpunk on its next DLC drop. Nice. Okay. Even though I could care less about uh, that part of those games, I'm not a big multiplayer. I'm sure there's going to be a market for that. Yeah, people. They like did it. sell over 13 million games. <laughs> yeah, they did. So uh, I'll I'll give one of my uh, pieces of news as well. So I saw this today. Ubisoft is working on an open world Star Wars game. Um, you know, it's such a bittersweet thing. So. Ubisoft, uh, with all the baggage from the last year and the controversies from that studio, they do know how to put together an open world. Um, you know, I, I'm reserved, I'm hesitant to be overly excited because I, I don't want to support uh, <laughs> a company with that bad of business practices. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm hopeful that maybe this will be good and, and that some of the lessons will have been learned and maybe this, you know, maybe this game will be produced in a, in a, in a better environment. Uh, I mean, who knows, but it is kind of cool that they're, uh, that they're putting together an open world star Wars game 
Fallen Order is a good Star Wars game. It adds to the canon. It adds to the lore. Uh, when it's not uh, buggy and on Xbox, it was actually much better. Uh, it's it's a it's a good looking game and it, it was a lot of fun. So I know it can be done. They can make good games that aren't predatory and and aren't full of microtransactions uh, like Battlefront Two was. So uh, I'm hopeful. And being the Star Wars fan that I am, this is a this is a game that uh, that I'm at least looking forward to hearing more about. So yeah, it, it does look cool. I think I will like it more than Jedi Fallen Order because I really wasn't expecting. Fallen Order to be uh, what it is, a right. puzzle platformer sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's different, it's for sure, and it's not everybody's cup of tea. It I've is. enjoyed it. It um, is not I, my I cup definitely. of tea. And it's not even it's not even the game's fault. I also don't like the actor, as we talked about last time. So Right, I, f- I feel like that may have biased you hated his face. Yeah, so. I, I hate his face and voice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so yeah, even Fair when his enough. back was to me, I was still angry. <laughs> right. Um, and my next one is a quite, I think, an interesting one. So a Reddit user recently found in Pokemon Sword and Shield a uh, Oranguru Pokemon, which is a shiny, and it also has best listed for all of its stats. It's level 65 at Capture and they've estimated that the chance of this dropping is 1 in 96,100 um, rolls. which so you're is you're telling me there's a chance. It's super rare. It's super rare. It's the, it's the rarest so far documented captured Pokemon. Um, so I think that's okay. quite cool. It's quite an interesting thing. You know, we've got the article linked um, in, in the description below. But I think... Uh, it's a bit of positive news that people are still finding new and interesting um, Pokemon in Sword and Shield, which came out quite a long time ago. So the, the fact that there's new and cool things um, still to capture, gotta catch them all and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think it's, it, it made me <laughs> smile. It made me smile. I don't play Pokemon myself, but I do like Pokemon. Um, so I found it of interest. Yeah, no, I I don't I'm not as into it. It was it was after my time, and then it I came back to it with uh, with Pokemon Go, and actually worked it worked it all in reverse. So from there, I actually became more of a fan. And my youngest or my middle child now I was was sort of into it as a kid and would watch the cartoon and liked Pokemon Go. Every now and then, I'll log into it because there's still Pokemon around my office and around my house to catch. But it piqued my interest, and so I'm, I'm. That's that is cool. That's interesting. I don't think that I've got any desire to, to try to catch that one. But uh, it's still a very popular, one of the most popular, uh, game titles ever. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's that's uh, noteworthy for sure. My last piece of news is um, Bethesda is making an Indiana Jones game. So the studio behind Wolfenstein. Uh, and the link is also uh, in the description below. But uh, Bethesda's uh, working on an Indiana Jones game. So there's not a lot necessarily out about this. Uh, it, it, if anybody's ever played the Indiana Jones games of the adventure games of before point-and-click stuff, they were huge by LucasArts. LucasArts, that was kind of their one of their uh, big franchises were these uh, Indiana Jones point and click you know the i think the lost city of atlantis was one of them i actually really enjoyed those games they kind of um they kind of nurtured and uh my my love for those point and click adventure games uh, that i came to love as i got older i liked <laughs> i this says a lot and this is what i love about yours and my differences in gaming it hasn't changed a lot for either one of us over uh, the course of our lives. Like what I've liked as a kid, I kind of like now and little, little factors about those games that I liked kind of bleed over into other games. I don't like frenetic games where I've, you know, got to make decisions really quickly. It's why I don't like first person shooters. It's not my, I like to be able to think through the process. And so point and click adventures are like the epitome of this. (laughs) There is no time limit. Usually I can sit there and sort through the project and, and, and whatever the whatever the the puzzle is and I can make the decision at my discretion like whenever I've sorted out there is no time limit 
and 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 that's why I liked turn-based strategy. I like stuff like anything where I kind of get a chance to sort it out. Not there's not a, a time limit necessarily or or a rush. Uh, and so I don't know if this is going to be that type of game. It's going if it's going to be open world, if it's third person. I don't know that there's a whole lot of information on it yet. Uh, but just that they're teasing it right now, and uh, the as I said, uh, it will be it will be put together and and uh, published by by Bethesda, and they've got a pretty good and uh, would you say good, decent, damaged but repairable and uh, track record at this point. <laughs> Yeah, like I think that they have an acceptable track record. You know, right. they. I don't think the game will be terrible. You know, right? There's right. there's little chance that it'll be terrible. They can they can make a good game, and so there's no doubt about it. It's just, uh, you know, within the last few years, they've had they've had some hiccups and some speed bumps and whatever else you'd like to call them. Uh, I think it'll be fine. I'm looking forward to hearing more about it, though. So that was that was exciting. There hasn't been an Indiana Jones game of note in in years. Um, I think there's a little bit of buzz on it with with potential new Indiana Jones movie coming out as well. So maybe they're jumping on that as as kind of a uh, a catalyst for all this. But anyway, exciting, interesting. We'll see what comes of that. So, well, being as it has been so long since we talked last um you know there have (laughs) i guess not much has changed uh, since you know the 23rd or 25th or 42nd of december so uh what i what we wanted to talk for our topic today was games that we're looking forward to we usually do this in january anyway uh positive things to look forward to for this year and and uh both of us have a list of some of the games we're interested in. I noticed on our list, there's there's just a little bit of overlap. There's not a lot actually, uh, which is good, and and probably uh, could have called that uh, <laughs> just us being a little bit different in our taste. So uh, we'll do like we. I guess if you want, we can just do like we normally do and just go back and forth. We have about the same number of games. So yeah, I like it. Sounds like a plan. So what's your first one? What's what's one? And these are in no particular order, just games that we're interested in. Unless yours are in order, mine are not. No, mine aren't in any particular order. Um, I to, and I think that's quite important because there's actually nothing that I'm super excited about. These are all no, games that I yeah. would happily play if they come on Game Pass. None of these <laughs> for me are day one purchases. So I think that's quite important to say. I don't think in 2021 I've seen anything scheduled to be released that is a day one purchase. <clears throat> so I will kick it off with Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. We've talked about it before. I played this LARP back when I was in university. So I'm right. interested to try this game. I know there was a Bloodlines 1. I didn't play it. I think it was on the 360 maybe, and that might be why. Um, because uh, I think I either had an Xbox One at that point or was moving countries. So uh, I think it's just the first one didn't come out at a good time for me. But I'm interested in playing the second one. Chances are it should just be something you could just pick up and play, even if it's I think the so, second yeah. one. So keen to try that out. Um if I'm not mistaken, you've got that one on your list too. I do. So what's drawing um, you to that game? Well, it's it is my type of game. It is a it's a role playing game. It's an you know kind of an open world, I guess RPG. You get to pick your faction. You get to pick kind of like the character and create who you want to be. Um, being it's a first person, I guess it's a first person action RPG style. Yeah, it should be. Um. That's that's what I'm gathering anyway. That's kind of what the first one was. Uh, it, it definitely passed me up. I, I didn't. I didn't. I missed the opportunity, the window on the first one. But I am. Uh, this is this is my type of game. It really is. Uh, <laughs> uh, although I'm not as excited about or like fired up about the 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 vampire theme. I, I mean, I could care less. I like the type of game that it is, you know. And so that's why I'm interested in it. Um, I watch a lot of the outside extra guys and, and I know that an outside Xbox videos and those guys, uh, do, uh, have done a lot of videos on vampire, the masquerade. Uh, I think they've even done the, the, uh, the LARPing or the role-playing uh, version of it as well, the tabletop. So, 
so I, I, I've kind of been exposed to a lot of the themes that were in the first game. But, yeah, it's really just my type of game. And so that's – when I found out that one is supposed to come out this year, I was like, well, that's that's one I might even buy. I mean, that seems like one – I'll probably wait. It wouldn't be first week. But it's one that I would be interested in buying. I think I'd get a lot of replay value out of something like that. So I think that's yeah. fair. I think that's fair. Uh, the next one for me is – and it's weird because I'm not a fan of the series – um, I do play Far Cry games whenever I have the opportunity to do so for free. Um, <laughs> uh, I will say Far Cry Blood Dragon is one of my favorite games of all time for its sheer campiness and enjoyability. Um, right. But the rest of the Far Cries are a bit samey. They kind of blend together. They're not the best games I've ever played. Like Far Cry Primal was interesting. I think it was a bit different from the others. But the rest of them are a bit, you know, shoot them up, job done. Um, Far Cry right. 6, for me, looks interesting just because I want to see what Giancarlo Esposito does with the titular villain role. Um, I think that could right. be quite interesting, and I think that's the reason why I would pick it up. But, once again, this is probably going to be a Game Pass purchase because I really don't enjoy the Far Cry series overall. I, I wouldn't pay for it. Right. Well, I did. The last one, anyway. And um, that's well documented. I did not enjoy. It. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one was enjoyed. Was a mistake. Not my first one. Probably not my last one. But it was a mistake. Um, well, for me, I saw. I actually saw this in a, in a video review. Uh, I was not. I don't think I was as keenly aware of it. Um, and the this game's. It's called Kina. Bridge of Spirits. It's a PS5 uh, exclusive. I don't believe it's coming to PS4. So unless I get a PS5 soon, I probably won't be able to play any of these games. But uh, the the uh, this is kind of a third-person action adventure game. So it's um, it looked a lot like uh, like Legend of Zelda in a way, but it was much more cartoon in terms of the graphics. Right. The look is very specific, and and. Uh, Part of the mechanics, it looks like you you get to uh, you discover these <laughs> these um, trying to best way to explain them. Very, they're extremely adorable little black furry things that have two eyes and a mouth, and that's and and arms and legs, and that's it. And they're really small. They look they it seems that they act a lot like Pikmin. I don't know if you ever played Pikmin before, if you're familiar with the game. Basically, in Pikmin, you have <laughs> all of these like uh, humanoid vegetable people that will do your bidding. Like you tell them to go do something, they go do it. So I think that these little minions that you get will help you. They'll aid you in battle. You can you can control them to go do other things on the map and help you out. So they're kind of like an extension of you. And lots of games have used this mechanic to varying degrees of success and varying degrees of uh, or varying uh, methods. Uh, I think the the game, oh, was it The Darkness? Did you ever play The Darkness on Xbox? Yes, I did. Okay, where you where you kind of had those little demons that yeah, you yeah, the could, little demon arms. Yeah, the little demon arms, and you could even break off those demon arms into little demons to go do things for you as long as they stayed in the shadows. Um, anyway, so there have been other games that have done it to varying degrees of success, but, um, this one looks interesting. It looks, I don't, I, I, like you, I think I would absolutely give it a try on PlayStation now or game pass. Um, but it looks good and it looks really refined and, and it's a game that I am, I would look forward to it, It's supposed to come out. And that's another point I wanted to make. These games that I've listed are supposed to come out this year. There are a lot of games, there are two or three games that I don't have on this list that I am interested in, but I don't think are coming out. So uh, that's why I didn't put them on the list. Right. Um, okay, well, that sounds cute. Like, I'm not opposed yeah. to it. Um, the next one on my list is a pretty obvious one, although I'm definitely not going to pay any money for it because it's already been delayed in order to not be as crap as it looked at the reveal. And that's Halo Infinite. So I don't have a lot of faith that it's going to look that much better since they're only taking about six months to improve it. Um, we saw how much a six-month delay got us in Cyberpunk 2077. 
and it wasn't that good. So um, I will play Halo Infinite. I, I've played all the Halos as far as I can remember. Um, I don't think I've missed any, although sometimes it's taken several years for me to play uh, some of them. Uh, I will play Halo Infinite. Maybe not this year, though. I will probably wait for it to come out on Game Pass because I'm not super confident that they will have fixed the sort of low-resolution looking graphics that they had uh, when they did the reveal in the summer. Right. Well, you know, I had that as a game that I would be interested in looking at. Uh, You know, I don't... I've been one that I've played every version of Halo, so... Um, but it's been a while since it's been a must-buy for me. So, I don't know. Um, it's it's not on my list anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, one I do have on my list here is 12 Minutes. Um, 12 Minutes is an indie game where essentially you are, um, and it's a top-down view. So basically, it's a top-down view, and and I didn't see a whole lot of the gameplay trailer, but the premise of the game is you have been killed by a police officer, wrongly killed by a police officer, and your wife is framed for the murder. So that's the premise. You can can fast-forward and rewind like the 12 minutes before you die to try to figure out and piece together what happened. And how to prove what happened, you know? Uh, and so it, it's, it, again, it's another one of those puzzle games. It's kind of, you got to think through the process and, and uh, it's right up my alley. It's an indie game. So it's probably not going to be one of those full price <laughs> games, something I can pick up on steam. But uh, from the premise alone, it was one of those that I was like that. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds pretty cool. That's something I'd be interested in. Yeah, it does sound cool. Is it uh, PC or console? That's a good question. I'm I'm sure it's going to be on PC, uh, but I think it's supposed to come out on consoles. Uh, when the way it was advertised, I think it's going to be a like a PS5 game, right? Um, but uh, probably on both. It'll be like After Party, one of those games. Yeah, it's indie, so come to both. yeah, it yeah. should come to both. Okay, yeah, I'm not opposed to that. Um, it sounds pretty cool. I do like the sort of detective genre, right? So I wouldn't be yeah, I wouldn't be too. opposed to that. I enjoy it. Um, the next one on my list is a game that I would play just to see if it's better than Sea of Thieves, and that is Skull and Bones, which is an action RPG sort of pirate game where it appears that you command a ship and it takes from elements like Assassin's Creed, Black Flag, things like that. Um, I'd be interested to try it. I, of course, had a famously bad experience with the Sea of Thieves. Um, and One of I do, my favorite stories ever. <laughs> I do like the pirate genre. Uh, I think it's interesting. So I think it'd be worth trying out. I may be willing to spend a bit of money on this one, but not like month one release. We're talking about when it's like 50% off or something in the store. You know, I I wouldn't be opposed to buying it. It does look quite detailed. It's from a reputable developer, from what I can tell. So it does look like it's worth spending maybe like 15 quid on, like 14.99 when it's, you know, on discount. I know it sounds harsh, but listen, we're on a budget. It's 2021. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, well, my, uh, my next one is... Uh, it's supposed to come out this year, and uh, although there's a good chance that it, it may not, it is it is last it was reported it's supposed to come out this year, and that's God of War Ragnarok. Right. God of War was I I want to say it was my game of the year two years ago, uh, and or maybe that was Spider Man. I can't remember. It came out the same year, and it was a, it was an incredible game, and uh, this is supposed to be just a continuation of that same. Same UI, same gameplay mechanics, everything. And I really, really enjoyed what they did with Kratos in that last game. And I'm looking forward to, to seeing kind of what they do now, especially with kind of like the – have you ever played it? You, you, I mean, it's a PlayStation exclusive, yeah. so that was a silly question. <laughs> I was just waiting uh, for that to click for you. <laughs> yeah, it did. Um, well, the reason I say that is because I wanted to spoil the ending. Spoil it as much as you spoiler like. Spoiler for the ending played. of a two-year-old game. 
um, at the end of the game, you find out that the son's name is Loki. Oh. Uh, and so that ties into the you know the the Norse mythology that you're that you're in, um, and you kind of get this you know his his mother was Norse and she was a goddess and so uh, or had that or had god blood I believe if I remember correctly I could be incorrect you could destroy me in the comments nonetheless she's he's got god blood from his dad uh, Kratos so. Um, he has, he's very strong and he's got powers and he, he's, he's not good or bad, but you can see the tendency throughout the game that he's, that he's got the potential to be really evil. Um, but that's cause his dad's kind of a, a dick, you know? So <laughs> when your dad's a jerk like that, it kind of can influence you to be one way or the other. And so anywho, he's, uh. It's, I'm looking forward to that game. It's it's a continuation of the there there were so many other Norse deities uh, or demigods that they didn't go into that you could have. It was a beautiful game. It's obviously going to be on PlayStation Five, so it's going to uh, you know stretch the limits of that technology. It's going to be something to look at. So and it was one of the tightest controlling action adventure games uh, that I had ever played. A lot of fun. One of the few games I don't finish a lot of games because I'm they just don't I'm I don't have time. Most of the time, but to make time to do something like that, I've got to really enjoy it. And and the first God of War, I really enjoyed. I made time to finish that one. Um, that one, Spider Man. Those were games that were just so much fun. It was like I'll pick them up. I'll, whenever I have time, I'm going to continue it. I wanted to to dive back into those stories. So anyway, that God of War Ragnarok for me. Listen, if I had a PlayStation or the Liquid Capital to purchase one, I would definitely play. That'd be on my list of games to play as well. <laughs> um, okay, so just like it's unconfirmed if God of War Ragnarok will come out in 2021, my next game is also unconfirmed. Now, it's it's rumored, it's speculated. Most people think that it will. It's been in production for a really long time. There have been trailers. And that's Dying Light 2. Now, Dying Light is one of the few horror, especially zombie horror games, that I absolutely love. Uh, it's parkour aspects, the high-stakes nighttime situation. It was really excellent, super well-done game. I enjoyed it. I beat it. It was great. Um, Dying Light 2, looking forward to playing it. I'll probably still avoid doing any missions at night as long as I possibly can, because that's how I roll. Um but I definitely will pick it up. Dying Light 2 is another game that I would probably spend uh, maybe month after release money on. Um, only because, listen, it's not tier one of the games that I'm interested in. For me, right. tier one games that I'm interested in, your Mass Effects, your Dragon Ages, your Cyberpunks, like those are tier one. I, I, I'll pay day one money or week one money for that. But Dying Light, it's tier two. It's something that I am interested in, but I'm happy to wait a bit on. Um, but that's probably the one I'm most keen on this whole list for, only because it was such a unique concept, and I have never forgotten about it since I played it. So it, it was memorable, if nothing else. Um, and so I'm keen to see what Dying Light 2 has to offer. It looks, I mean, it, it looked good. I saw some of the, I've seen the trailers for it. Never played the first one, but it does look good. Um, it, rem uh, it reminds me of a few other games that I have played <laughs> that I didn't enjoy. I mean, uh, Homefront, I think, was one that it kind of reminded me a little bit of. I think it's Homefront. That's the one where we were invaded by the North Koreans or something like that. Uh third person or first person I'm sorry uh kind of like yeah it it had a lot of the similar themes it just wasn't horror right which it, uh, we know that it also is not my genre it's not mine either it's just this one was done so well yeah yeah no i get it um it looks good uh, for me uh the 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 rest of my list are games that i'm like meh uh, you know, take it or leave it. Uh, like I said, I don't know what's really coming out this year, but the ones that are listed, it's me. So, uh, but this is a game. If it is what it says it is, then I would, I would be, uh, likely to, I will be very likely to play it and possibly purchase it. And that's Overwatch 2. 
Overwatch, the first Overwatch I enjoyed at first because it was from Blizzard before they became the, the monster that they are now. And, and I was just a fanboy of the company. And everything they put out was gold. And, and I, liked, I liked the characters in Overwatch. I liked that there was a little bit of a backstory for each one of them. Uh, the team-based, you know, Team Fortress style. Everybody has a role in the shooter. That was kind of cool to me, so I enjoyed that uh, at first until it became such a meta game that much like Hearthstone or any of these other games, if you weren't in on it early and got, got good at it, well, that you don't really have a chance to... You can't just jump in and play it now. It's almost too late for anybody just trying to get into it. Uh, you, I mean, you, you, the learning curve is pretty steep. Overwatch 2 is supposed to be uh, almost a completely uh, single-player experience. Weird. So, yeah, so you get to actually play through this a storyline of the game. And so if they, if they stick to that... Which is, frankly, that's what I play on Call of Duty or any of the other ones. I play the campaign, and then I kind of don't play anything else. So if the campaign is on there, if it offers a campaign, I'll do that. Uh, I know I've said it I said it years ago on this show that uh, one of the few shooters that I even played online was Gears of War. And I really enjoyed the Gears of War online, but it's not the same first-person shooter. It was... It's over the shoulder, third person. Yeah, I, I really understood the limitations of the game. Like there wasn't, there weren't so many tricks. It was like you've got a gun that's got a chainsaw on the end of it. If I run out of bullets, I can cut my opponent in half. And those are the rules. That's pretty much it. They throw <laughs> a grenade at you. I can throw it back. Great. Uh, you know, and 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 anyway, it just seemed. I understood it was much more straightforward, and the curve wasn't quite as steep. You know, you I could get pretty good at the game playing uh, the campaign. Really, I could get pretty good at at the at the multiplayer. So, um, so this is this is something that appeals to me. I enjoy the world. I enjoy the characters. Knowing more about it, I think would be cool. So, a single player experience. I'm excited about. Uh, I'm excited about seeing what that is. Maybe they'll release it this year, and if they do, uh, I'm likely to give it a shot. See, I skipped that one because I really don't think that it'll come out until 2022. Uh, However, Overwatch 1 holds the record still to this day for the most uh, killstreak I've ever gotten in a game, which is 12. Nice. And of course, it's multiplayer. It's not single player. So that I was doing very well that day. That's the best I've ever done. And it's still a background on my Xbox. I'm quite proud of that. Um, but I got bored of it real quick. It got super boring super fast for me. So a single player sounds a bit more interesting. I think that might hold my attention for longer. Um, well, the last one on my list is Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthblood. And there's a bit of a theme here. It's unintentional. But um, two big tabletop stroke LARP games that I played back in college both have video game series coming out this year it just (laughs) happened that way i played vampire the masquerade larp when i was in college and i played werewolf uh from the i think it's white wolf that made that tabletop game played that when i was in college i think i played the larp version though i can't remember um but i definitely remember playing it um because a couple characters really stick out in my mind still to this day um but it looked interesting you know, I this is definitely a Game Pass game for me because the caliber of graphical, the caliber of the graphics just generally isn't going to be to the point where I would pay for it. I just know right. that already. Same thing for Vampire the Masquerade. I mean, I might pay a couple quid for it, but like not even fourteen ninety nine because I just I'm certain the graphics just won't be to a level that would make me happy that I spent money on it. However, if it comes on Game Pass, which I already do technically spend money for, I would be very delighted to play it on Game Pass. So that's the last one on my list. You know, it's it's definitely going to come out for sure because they've been working on it for a long time. I don't think it'll get delayed. Um, But it's going to be Game Pass or bust for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Companies aren't going to make a lot of money on these that we've listed so far because we we haven't really there's no there's been no must buys uh, for either one of us. I saw the trailer for that game. It looks interesting. Uh, I don't know anything about it though, so um, 
you know, with Vampire the Masquerade, at least I got to see enough trailer footage and, and gameplay that I'm like, okay, well, I, I kind of get what this is supposed to be. You know, I can I can get behind that. I can do that. With the with the werewolf one, I don't know anything about it. I don't know any of the background. I, I've got no point of reference, really. And all I saw was kind of like a pre-rendered cinematic. So there may be more out there now, but it, it, I haven't seen it. So um, I don't really know where uh, where to go with that one. So I'll keep my eye on it. It's definitely it is if it's like vampire, if it's this if it's kind of the same genre, then I would absolutely be interested in, in giving it a go uh, when it comes out. So, well, for me, uh, I've got two two more on my list uh, there's actually have three I have one written down that didn't make it on to into the notes the show notes but um, I don't know much about it and I listed it mainly because it was one of the few that's on lots of people's lists uh, but I was like ah, that's not really my my type of game um, honestly <laughs> Horizon I have on here and Hogwarts Legacy I have on here so Horizon Forbidden West is the uh, sequel to Horizon zero dawn and i did not finish that game i started it and the character of eloy's uh is a is a great character one that i'd like to continue to i've i've read about it i already know how the game ends effectively uh but i still wanted to play it i still wanted to kind of get used to the game mechanics is one of the first like big games i think they're they're kind of sort of trying to make her uh one of the uh i guess kind of the face of the playstation be one of the mascots of the playstation uh, and, and and I thought that was cool. I mean, the, the game was very high quality and, and uh, a one of those must plays. If you if you've got a PlayStation, you need to give it a shot. But again, I don't I don't have I haven't played the other game that fully. But it's a beautiful looking game. It's it's definitely one that's gonna that's gonna max out the the specs of the PS5. So it's that's that's gonna be the way you got to play it. And and uh, I want to give it a try. The one that I'm most, I, I that's that's like half of this one. Then the other one, the Hogwarts Legacy. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Uh, I've got the Elder Wand on my desk. I've read all the books multiple times. Been super disappointed in every video game property that is related to this this franchise. Nothing has come out that's been any good. Um, there there's so many missed opportunities, and this is supposed to be the first time that they really delve into, uh, you know, the area around Hogwarts. There are other uh, explorable um, locations. You can go into the Forbidden Forest. There, there are all these. I always thought the bestiary was cool about, um, about the magical creatures in Hogwarts. It's, it's actually my favorite part of, you know, the, the um, Fantastic Beast series because those movies are, are shite. Let's be yeah. honest. Those movies are terrible. But the creatures are pretty cool. The creatures are the best part of the movie. Like, I couldn't tell you what happens in either of the movies, but I can tell you every one of the creatures is is awesome. Are awesome. Whatever. And uh, so that part of it, I think, is really exciting. I think that the first movies, the or the, the first seven movies uh, in the Harry Potter series were really good and, and uh, fleshed out as best they could the books in the series. And so that is a lived-in, breathed-in world that is ripe to make a video game and I just don't think that they've done it right yet so Hogwarts Legacy is supposed to do that it's supposed to give you an opportunity to kind of go to Hogwarts and take the classes and uh, you know kind of follow in the footsteps of Harry Potter maybe I'm not really sure at where in the timeline this game's supposed to take place but I just have high hopes that they'll finally do something worth a dang <laughs> in that world that because there's just so much opportunity it's the, the the mobile game is just the worst you know the it's so tedious there's so many like uh you know busy things that you can do in the game that it's like all right you've done this now you got to come back in an hour and do this again if you want to you but you can't do it now you got to wait an hour and i'm like no it, you know everything's time gated and uh, you know and i hate using terminology like that because a lot of things they're not necessarily time gated that's just how that's game mechanics you know, you have to grind to get to a high enough level. It's always been that way. Um, so there's a fine line between something that's purposefully preventing you from being able to play it and things where it's like you need to do these things so that you can learn the mechanics. You can 
develop skills and so on and so forth. And, and that's completely different. So anyway, slim pickings in 2021 uh, of games that we're uh, going to potentially be able to, to play. There are a few of them I'm, that I'm really excited about, but I think in the end it's just important you know, be positive. There are a ton of games that in 2020, if you hadn't got a chance to play them yet, uh, still quality games that, that were released right towards the end of the year that, uh, that you know, you could still give a shot. They'll give you something to do anyway um, until maybe these other games. <laughs> Hopefully. <Yeah. laughs> so. Well, uh, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All the notes from this week's episode will be posted on our site, TimberlandGeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or message us on Facebook or Instagram at Retro Podcast. And please head over to wherever you get your podcasts and rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later.